I didn't think I'd ever get on a plane again. I had anxiety. I was starting to think about not leaving the house. Maybe drink my problems away. Maybe somehow fix it that way. Thought about suicide. I can assure you that almost every person who does this for a living has a somewhat similar story. Folks, welcome to Counselors Can Help. Let's demystify the process of counseling. We want to remove barriers, answer your questions, educate, entertain, and inspire you to action. Let's get started. Today on Counselors Can Help, we want to talk about what this show is about, its goals, and how you can use this show. We'll discuss specifically a big reason that people stay out of therapy and address that. We'll also cover my personal story, how I got into counseling, and my personal qualifications to help you out. In today's helping segment, we're going to talk about the topics we'll be covering in later shows. This way you can look ahead, get an idea of what's coming for you so you can get the most out of it. Folks, I'm Merrill Fink, an Associate Clinical Mental Health Counselor in the state of Utah. I'm very excited to welcome you to Counselors Can Help. The whole idea of the show is to talk to you about counseling, therapy, how to get in, what's it like, what's it about, questions, concerns you have. This is a giant commercial for counseling, if you will. We're going to get into serious discussions and talk about ideas and thoughts and concerns that people have about therapy. And the idea is to help you learn about the process so you'll become more comfortable with it. So you can help yourself, a family member, someone in trouble, someone in need. That's the idea of the show. I'm very excited to start a discussion about what keeps people out of therapy generally. It's also an introduction to myself. I'll be leading most of the discussions in the podcast. So I just want you to learn a little bit about myself, my credentials, and mostly today is a discussion on what the show is about. Something else I'd like you to know before we start is to emphasize my background. I'm a veteran. I've been a pilot for over 30 years. So I am specifically devoted and sensitive to the needs of where I come from, pilots, airline pilots, but more broadly, first responders, military, and those types of groups. And I know if you're one of those groups, you may be listening to the show thinking, well, this isn't specific enough for me. This doesn't address my needs. We're going to get into that. We're going to get it very specific detail into those industries, industry leaders in the military, the FAA, those kind of groups. And hopefully, we're addressing universal ideas. I think the show is all about people's hesitancy to get into counseling and therapy, and I think these groups are especially harmed by this mentality, and we want to address those. We're going to address these issues head on, be very specific, and I'm very excited to have you. Let's start Counselors Can Help. I'm going to begin with a topic that is on many people's mind as to why they don't want to come into therapy. The whole podcast is to help people, help them decide to come in, help them make the choice to come in. But I certainly see or understand folks who sit there and think, well, I don't want some person judging me or looking down on me or giving me some sort of diagnosis that I can never take back, that I can never get back. I don't want a diagnosis. I want to just fix my stuff. Stuff's gone wrong. My child, my spouse, our marriage. Maybe you know somebody who has an addiction problem. Maybe it's you. There's a lot of barriers to get through, unfortunately. And uh, being judged is certainly one of them. And I, and I want to do this in a way of not just telling you that we don't do it. 
I want to do it in a way that I guess shows you where we're coming from. And that's essentially to tell you my story. So I um, was in the Air Force. I, I've spent a better part of my life as a pilot. I flew fighters in the Air Force, 20-year uh, career there. I've stayed active in aviation. I currently fly and have spent many years in the airline aviation industry. So I'm very familiar with uh, folks who don't want to come in or feel like there's a reason they can't come in. And I want to let you know that you're just like us. And what I mean is, in my personal story, you may say, I, I always tell new clients, it's interesting when I sit down with clients, I'll always give them just a couple of minutes on who I am. And I basically tell them my quick story. Um, and the story I tell them is this. I don't get into a whole lot of detail, but I say, hey, about eight years ago, um, I was diagnosed with breast cancer and had a anxiety meltdown that pretty much in my opinion, was going to end my flying career. I didn't think I'd ever get on a plane again. Um, I had anxiety. I was starting to think about not leaving the house. Um, I knew I was in trouble. Thinking about alcohol, maybe drink my problems away, maybe somehow fix it that way. Thought about suicide. I've been there. I can assure you that Almost every person who does this for a living has a somewhat similar story. For me, I started having panic attacks. Uh, panic attacks got, I really didn't even know what they were. I literally thought there was something medical going wrong with me. And I honestly, when I see clients, I occasionally hear this story and I'll have a client in the office and they'll be doing the same thing. And I just, I just cringe from the, the medical chase of trying to figure out what's wrong when a person has, in this case, panic attacks, which is what I was having. Panic attacks are frightening. If you've never had one, it's really hard to describe just how painful they can be, but they're terrifying. And I always tell people who come into my office, what people that suffer from panic attacks fear most is the next panic attack. And so it becomes a habit. It becomes a way to try to figure out how to keep from going outside, how to keep from doing anything that resembled that first panic attack. Where was I? What was I doing? Was I talking to people? Was I in a store? Uh, was I in a car? There's all sorts of ways or the brain is trying to help take a picture of what's going on when somebody has a panic attack and it's trying to help you stop it. So it makes you start becoming very afraid of everything. This sets off a chain of events. It did for me. I started, uh, I knew I couldn't go to work, so I stopped going to work. Uh, and I started hitting the doctor circuit. Going to the emergency room, having new panic attacks. Loss of breath. Uh, thinking, I didn't know what I was, was going on. It just felt, I was literally, I told the, I remember talking to the emergency room personnel. I said, I feel like I'm losing my marbles. I don't, I don't know what this is. I don't know how to stop it. And they brought in somebody from the staff and they uh, sat me down and said, you're having panic attacks. And if you don't get help with this, it's just going to get worse. Help being, you're going to have to go see somebody about this, not just take a pill, which I was totally for. 
by the way. Um, I knew as a pilot I wouldn't be able to fly taking a bunch of pills, so I wanted a way to fix it. I wanted someone to help me. Anyone. I wanted this to stop. And I just remember the, the constant fear of what the next panic attack could bring, what my life would look like, what I could do about it. And basically feeling like there was no answer that literally there must, there must not be an answer for me. I was broken. That is frightening. It's also very lonely. It's also lonely thinking that, well, everybody else has this figured out. What's wrong with me? I, I don't know. I'm, there's something wrong with me. And they sent me to uh, do a CT scan on my chest. And I thought, this is a giant waste of time. I don't, I don't even know what they were checking me for. I went and did that, and I took about, I don't know, 30 seconds in the machine there, and I left thinking, what a waste of time. A few days later, I was in the grocery store, and a cell phone rang, and I thought, well, I'm waiting for the results. It's a test here. I probably ought to answer this. And, uh, and it was the results, and they said, you have a cystic lesion in your chest. You need to get that checked out. Cystic lesion, that's cancer, by the way. Or they think you have cancer. They don't know. They're not sure. So uh, a few days later, I was at the uh, women's health facility in local hospital here. I, what? I'm a guy, okay? Now I'm having panic attacks. My life's sort of falling apart, and I have breast cancer. you got to be kidding me. Doing research online, trying to figure out what to do, who to listen to. Is this serious? Turns out it wasn't too serious. I've got a family history of it on my, my mother's side. And uh, all the women that have had it have all survived. And it's just, it's just a sort, sort of cancer that we get it is very survivable. So quite lucky. In my case, the luck was not only having that type of cancer, if you call it luck, but the luck was actually having panic attacks because I had felt a lump on my uh, left breast for a number of months, and honestly, I blew it off. I didn't know a guy could get cancer. I totally did not even tell anyone except my wife at one, one point. I think I mentioned it to her, but we thought, well, maybe we should say something to somebody, but I didn't. I never told anyone that I had that lump in a doctor's office ever. They found it, and so I'm now I'm dealing with two things, cancer and panic or anxiety. So I found someone to help me. I started learning um, some various techniques, things that I could do. Probably, I don't know, half a dozen, maybe more sessions with a counselor, and I started noticing noticeable change. I mean, it was a profound change. It wasn't where I wanted to be. It wasn't back to my old self, but I was definitely feeling better than I had been. So I knew there was something to this. There was something was happening. If I just stayed on that path, I could get back to my old life. Very hard struggle. Uh, certainly uh, survived it. I'm obviously talking here eight years later. But it got me thinking, it got me wondering, what kind of pain do people live in? The mental pain that I was having, thinking about becoming an addict, thinking about getting around this issue. And I just didn't know that people lived in this kind of hell. So as I got better and better, I thought, well, maybe, 
maybe there's something I could do, some way I could contribute. And I thought about it, stuck with the idea that I was going to have to go to school and uh, get a degree and get formally taught how to uh, do therapy. Years go by and boom, got a degree. Uh, the end of those degree is uh, dealing with people in the clinic. And so you've got to sort of log hours, just like most medical professionals. You have to log a certain number of hours with, with the public and get, get your experience, get your uh, feet wet. I tell you that story because here I am after all that, now a couple years of seeing clients in the clinics, hearing different stories. I can tell you with 100% certainty I have never judged a single person that's come in to see me. Now, there are times, being honest here, that I may think to myself, wow, this is a really hard issue. This person has a lot going on, or, or I can see why they're having marriage troubles. I mean, they're just, they're angry, they're on edge, they're sort of hard to have a conversation with, you know, et cetera. I mean, they're, they're in trouble. I get it. I've never think about judging them. My only thought, and I don't think I'm alone in this, is how can I help? What, what could I do here? What's the plan? What's the, what's the strategy? What's the way out? They tell me what they want. I help them get what they want. Uh, does, does therapy, does counseling guarantee success? It does not. But I am more and more convinced that if a person is, in fact, committed to helping themselves, making a change. I think there's a lot of good that can come from it. So I believe in it. That's why I'm here talking to you. That's why I became very sort of disgusted that there is no commercial for counseling. All we hear about is seeing television shows, commercials pop on about medications, which are great, which are fine, but that's not therapy. That's not counseling. I uh, also hear in pop culture, people talking, well, so-and-so is crazy. This or that Hollywood star or politician is crazy. And I'm disappointed that there are people who will join in and medical professionals, mental health professionals that sometimes join in on this discussion that frankly, that disgusts me. You're going to diagnose somebody from afar. You've never met, never talked to. Great. What this does is it cements in people's mind that, oh, well, this person is broken. Obviously, we shouldn't listen to them. We shouldn't buy their products, listen to what they have to say because they're crazy. I don't buy that. So you'll not hear me going down that road. I think there's a lot of good, and we'll talk about in the show as we go forward, that there's a lot of ways to get help. There's a lot of problems, scenarios that we can help you with as counselors in, uh, in the therapy office. We don't have a magic wand. We can't make the people around you necessarily change, but there's a lot of good we can do for an individual who wants to help or a couple or a family. I totally believe that. I'm taking my time to make this show because I believe in it. And I, I, I feel like it's time to get the word out. And I, I want people to not be afraid to come in because we're not going to judge you because we most likely have our own story that got us to this profession. People many times ask me, God, why do you do that? 
really you you go and listen to people's problems all day long i you know they'll they'll, they'll say like there's no way i could do that there's no there's no way yeah it has its moments but i can honestly say that um i don't think about it in that way i totally think about it in terms of how can i help do i have the skills to help what what am i missing what do i need to know to put this into practice to get help for this person so I hope I've let you know or at least convinced you that we're not judging you. We're not sitting there thinking, oh, wow, you are, you are damaged. We can't help you. Please don't stay away from counseling or therapy for this reason alone. I think a lot of good can, can happen from coming in. Now, it's sometimes... Uh, I think is helpful for people to know, especially in my case, what am I? What is my? What are my credentials? So just to break it down very quickly, uh, where I fit into this spectrum, you sort of start at the top. You've got doctors, psychiatrists, who are medical doctors, and they they focus on psychiatry, giving out medication. They're generally dealing with folks who need medication. They're very severe cases usually. Not always, but to get medication, you have to go through a doctor or nurse practitioner of some sort. Psychiatrists are certainly a way to do that. Next, you have generally what are referred to as psychologists, which are sort of what I do, but they all, they've basically got a PhD in mental health. Uh, psychologists run the gamut of working at universities, teaching, doing research, uh, trying to come up with new methods of therapy. Um, and there are some that are devoted to seeing clients regularly, but certainly not all of them. I don't know what the breakdown is, but uh, a, g- a good percentage of psychologists do not see people, do not see clients on a regular basis. Now the meat and potatoes of the uh, therapy industry fall into what I do. I have a master's degree, clinical mental health counseling. And I focus primarily on individual therapy, but I'm really qualified to do many things. There are other folks that you may hear, marriage and family therapists, social workers. We have a little bit different education. We have a little bit different entry requirements, a little bit different focus on our expertise. But we're all coming from the same sort of idea. We have master's degrees, our soul focused, our clients, we're in the room. That's what we do. We're not qualified to get about medication. So if that's your worry or your concern, there's a very good chance the person you're seeing isn't even qualified to give out medication. If you want medication, well then that's not a good thing. You have to go back to your primary care physician, psychiatrist. We'll certainly talk about that in future episodes. But that's where I fall in this spectrum here of what is a clinical mental health counselor and they have different names for them in different states and LPC, lots of alphabet soup. It really, it's really comes down to the state and what they want to call it and what they want to license it as. The, the names are just simply that, they're names. Folks, welcome to the helping segment. I want to use this part of the show to generally dive into a specific area that I think I can help you with. But today I want to do something slightly different out of the shoot, and that is to give you an overview of the show a little bit more specifically and also give you an idea of what's coming down the road so you can uh, get a sense of, is this a show you want to follow? 
So right off the bat, I've mentioned it already in the show, we want to educate the public, address what's stopping people from coming to counseling and coming to therapy, and we want to get the word out. We want, want to do that in a number of ways. I'm going to be talking to a lot of guests, uh, specifically uh, folks from inside the agency that I work early on to cover a lot of topics, but primarily those guests, myself, maybe uh, shows that I do alone are to educate you. That's ultimately the goal to get you to see, hopefully to convince you that therapy is a good thing. It may not be for you. Maybe it's for a family member or a friend. This can get you educated and get some sense of maybe what's stopping that person and help them to see that um, there's a better way. The manifesto, if you will, of this show is to rip the Band-Aid off of this process. We want to bring you inside how this all works to cover your concerns, to address the things specifically that you may think negatively, negatively of counseling for. You may have always said, I could never do that. I could never go in there. I'm never going to go talk to somebody about my stuff I want to alleviate those fears or concerns because I think there's so much good that can come from it. How to use this show so you get the most out of it. I'm going to be crystal clear on the topics that we covered down the line. I want to make sure you understand what's coming up so we don't waste your time. We can't cover every topic that's going to cover each person individually. It's okay if you probably skip here or there to find the exact topic that you're most concerned with at the moment to get yourself or loved one into therapy. So to help you do that, as that is a, as a template there, what I want to do is give you a sense of what we're doing in upcoming episodes, the next uh, four to six episodes, so you can get a sense of where this is going. So the first and possibly the most important thing is, I think single host, like I'm doing now, talking to you, shows can be dull. To include this one. So I want to change that. So in upcoming episodes, more so, we're going to have a guest for me to talk to. And we're going to start out with uh, Liza Telford. She's a associate marriage and family therapist here at uh, Aspire, where I work. Uh, You are going to love her. She is a great guest to have on the show. Her and I are going to talk over a lot of different issues, talk over a lot of our experience, essentially, what keeps people away, What are the good things that can come out of therapy? So it's going to be a much more engaging interaction, I feel. Uh, When we talk with her initially, it's going to be about couples first because she is a marriage and family therapist, but she does much more than just couples. So uh, don't, don't you worry about that. I'm going to talk or spend some time on uh, panic disorder, which is something that I am pretty familiar with. And if you listen to my story, you'll hear tones of that in there. So I'm very familiar with that. And certainly want to help people with that. We want to get the most out of therapy. So another topic we'll be covering is just how to do that. There's a special rapport or working relationship that you want to have with your therapist. And we're, we're going to identify if you have that and what to do if you don't, really how to get the most out of your sessions. Additionally, if money is a concern, we're going to address those issues. And a big one coming up down the line is quitting. There are probably in the neighborhood of 20 to 30% of people who start therapy wind up quitting fairly prematurely, and this number can grow even higher. It really depends on the type of work or 
type of subjects that are being covered, but stopping therapy is a big, big part of therapy. Uh, It's something that you have to address, and we're going to address that to help people who are going through those thoughts or thinking about quitting, or you're supporting a family member who is thinking about quitting, or you're seeing signs of that from them, how to address that, what to do, how to help them along. So we're definitely going to cover that. So you can see there are a wide range of topics we're going to cover fairly soon in the show, and we're also going to split out and cover a vast more set of topics than even I've talked about. Again, we want to address people's concerns. We want to take these subjects on directly, and we don't want to just make it seem like this is a gigantic commercial about therapy and we never really get into the details or never really discuss what people really think about it. So we want to help you with that. So please stay tuned down the line. Uh, There's going to be a lot of great shows coming up and it's my job to make sure it's worth your while to tune in and I intend to do that. Folks, in the next segment, I'm going to get into what avoidance of therapy typically looks like for some folks. Before we do that, I want to give you a little hint on my qualifications to do this. I'm not here to pretend like I'm better than you. We want to do what helps. We want to do what's working. That's why we're here. We're crazy too. All right, folks, back to the show. I wanted to get into a little bit of why this show, why now? What's the the motivation for starting this? I previously mentioned that uh, I'm a veteran. 20-year veteran of the military, Air Force, and been flying for some time. And I've heard plenty of reasons why people can't come to therapy. In fact, I thought them myself at some point. They include some version of, I'm not crazy, I'll be labeled. And usually the main reason is there's some sort of fear that they'll lose their job. That's sad, tragic, and here's what happens. So, uh... It doesn't matter who a first responder, person in the military, they're having some sort of trouble, marital problems, et cetera. Um, I can can explain how it happens in the airline business. Over time, they start developing some pretty bad mental habits, which leads them to things like incredible anxiety, depression, anger, et cetera. They come to work, they struggle. They come to work, they get into discussions or verbal fights with other employees. They're not happy. This comes out as anger, but I can tell you that they're trying to to keep a lid on it and maybe tried numerous things unsuccessfully to do. And they just don't know how to fix it. And they probably tell themselves it's other people doing it to them, etc. But mostly... What keeps them from getting help is that they're afraid to get help because they're afraid they're going to be labeled or or someone they work for is going to find out. They're afraid someone in their unit, if they're in the military or a first responder, someone's going to know. They're going to find out. They're basically going to feel either laughed at or humiliated, and it's going to severely impact their career. A lot of what these types of professions work on are, are people's sort of confidence in themselves. You have to have confidence in yourself 
and feel like others around you have confidence in you to do those types of jobs. They're hard jobs. And if you feel like the people around you are judging you or feeling like that you don't have it or maybe laughing at you, these are all reasons why people sort of keep it inside. The main one I hear all the time in my line of work as an airline pilot is I can't get my medical. We have to get a, we have to take a medical exam every six months to a year, depending on your age, et cetera. And they're afraid because you have to fill out a bunch of paperwork before you go in saying all the times of when did you go see the doctor? Give us all the details. You have to answer all that truthfully. They're afraid to put mental health on that questionnaire because they're afraid either the doctor or the FAA is going to come back very quickly to say, well, you can't fly planes. So they don't. They don't, they don't go see someone to help them. And obviously this can turn very tragic um, in suicide or just generally a miserable life. So that's, I guess the main reason or that started me on this, this uh, quest, I guess, to uh, start this podcast, because I want the word to get out that all those things that I mentioned, all those fears are reasonable, logical, and in most cases, quite unfounded. We don't judge. We don't talk to people why you're here. We don't spread the word. No one has to know. There are ways to work around all those things. Um, I have people coming to my office, military personnel, bringing cash, literally wads of 10s, 20s, etc. in their pocket because they don't even want someone questioning their credit card spend or maybe even a spouse. They don't want questioning their credit card spend or use of insurance. It doesn't have to be that way. We can help. Your privacy is, we'll do our best to keep everything private. I mean, to the extreme. We do have to jump in as we feel your safety or the safety of someone else is in danger. That's a very high bar. That's a very high bar. I mean, that's like go to the police kind of thing. Uh, we can't uh, do that on the, the off chance or the thinking that, oh, you left kind of agitated. Someone might be in danger. No. Your privacy is your, your information, your health information is yours. We can't share that with anybody. So word's not going to get out. We'll certainly talk more about that in future episodes. But the bottom line, the big takeaway, the big thing we talked about for the most part was being judged. I want to assure you that we have a story that's similar to yours, most likely. If you really wanted to talk about the counselor or the therapist's story, how they got started, there's probably something in it like that that got them in the business. That's why we're here. We're crazy too. Most counselors work in a way that's collaborative, focuses on your goals. We work for you. I, I tell every client, you are my boss. I'm not here to pretend like I'm better than you. That I'm better than you sort of gives off the illusion and it is an illusion that my life is perfect. Well, then why am I coming to you if you don't even have it together, you may be asking. We know our weaknesses, and I think the good ones, the very good therapists, the very good counselors, put their work into practice in their own lives. And it helps. And so we want to spread the word. We want to do what helps. We want to do what's working. We've probably done it with ourselves. That's why we're giving out the information. We didn't read it in a book. We're living it. I want to close out today uh, just, again, to remind you of Counselors Can Help. We're going to talk in many future episodes about the people that I mentioned, those groups specifically, but to a large degree, folks in general. But there are some specific groups we will 
discussed. That's military, first responders, airline pilots, other groups like that that have their own unique list of concerns in the area that I talked about, about maybe privacy or what this would do to their career. And so we'll get into that um, in specific detail in follow-on episodes. Our mission is to spread the word that counselors can help. We want to teach you how to get started and get the most out of therapy. We encourage you to reach out to a professional in your area to help yourself through a loved one. Thank you to Kelsey Fink, our production assistant and chief of technology and social media. Thanks to Aspire Counseling at AspireUT.com for their support. If you want to know more about how counselors can help, go to counselorscanhelp.com. We have lots of resources, information, and we update it all the time. Views expressed on the show are those of myself, my guests, for the benefit of mental health discussion and are not the views of any outside organization. We'll see you next time on Counselors Can Help, a production of Merge Publishing.